calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the history of the Pride Parade. So grab your joy. And let's get civical. Everybody. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Walentowski. And today we are serving you up a special treat on a silver platter. We have two amazing guests here with us today. We have comedians Rachel Green and Kirsten O'Brien, who are the host and producers of a long-running stand-up show in New York City called The Boss Bitch Show. And are launching the Boss Bitch podcast July 14th, which is very exciting. So welcome to the show, Kirsten and Rachel. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. How did you guys land on the idea of the Boss Bitch show? Like, I get obviously it was the stand-up show first, and now you're making it into the podcast, which I think is amazing. But where did the, like, nugget initially come from would you like to start Kirsten yeah sure <laughs> so um Rachel and I met pre-Panini okay um probably in 2019 right something like that At least, we yeah. Met, yeah we had met you know doing stand-up I have like literally a little stand-up show that I produced in an attic at the People's Improv Theater wait <laughs> yes. Kirsten yes. I did that yes. show Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the Falls show. I can't. I yes, yes. Oh my gosh! But I don't know if you Mothballs. were there. If somebody else was hosting it. I'm. I yeah. I used to have like guest hosts in there because it was. I was so busy, so I would have like people help me produce yeah. it and like host it. How um, amazing! So, oh my god, that's hysterical. Literally, you would. I don't know if you were there when there was like pre pre staircase. There was a ladder. I think had I had climb. a stair. I don't remember a ladder. I think I had a staircase. <laughs> I had a staircase. <laughs> Yes, oh at the beginning, God. there was a ladder you had to climb to get into it, which was, I thought it was like so cute and like kitschy and New York weird. Yeah. And anyways, um, and totally a fire hazard. And um, yeah. They, and not ADA space, accessible. Yeah, yeah. The pit no longer has that space, uh, nor did, do they have shows up there. Anyways, um, Rachel did the show and... Uh, 
she did her classic joke about queefing and I was like, I'm going to be friends with this woman. Like <laughs> yeah. we're going to be friends. Yeah. And yeah. And I think like literally the fall before the pandemic, we like hung out a couple times and then, you know, the pandemic for standups, like I was doing, I was performing with UCB, which we all know in the pandemic, they completely pulled the plug. Yeah. Um, so I was doing a lot of sketch comedy actually. And the first little engine that could, that came back in the pandemic was stand up. Cause you know, you need a mic and a light. Right. And the parks, and everybody was just like, come to a park and hear me tell jokes. <laughs> absolutely. That's you know, awesome. and, yeah. and you know, it was a little more complicated for performing with my sketch team and, um, yeah. And I did Rachel's show Venus Flytrap and then we were like, hey, maybe we should, maybe we should do something. Maybe we should produce something. Mm. And hence the Boss Bitch show was born. I love yeah. that. Yeah. A tale as old as time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started on Celine Dion. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm um, yeah. And, you know, we, we, we both uh, really uh, um, agree that, uh, this white straight dudes don't need our help and um and that you know uh femme identifying lgbtq poc folks might and we would want to uplift these beautiful voices so let's have a show and do it hell so. yeah. yeah you know and in the spirit of pride you know creating a safe space for those comedians because oftentimes um at some other shows, you know, it's uh, it's not a, a safe space. And there's things that are said on stage that we don't allow to happen in our rooms. So, yeah. Thank God. Like, honestly, yeah. thank God. Yeah. It's yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Yeah. We always marvel at how it's culture shock. It's literal culture shock from going to our live shows to being on some other shows. Like, I truly experienced culture shock. <laughs> yeah I the I've gotten so good at like the the grimace face of just like no as a comedian please when stop. I have to like hear I'm like stop please stop mm. oh god oh no and then you have to like follow that and you're like oh the yeah room is oh. so yeah. it's been so tanked it's so deflated and now I have to come on and like be quirky and do like my beautiful work and like it's now twice <laughs> as hard because somebody came on yes. and was like I'm gonna I'm gonna be not only offensive but also like not even creatively offensive I'm like right. you can't you can't be both <laughs> you can't right. be both. you know and then there's the added there's the added element of one of these things is not like the other mm -hmm. Or like you get on stage as a woman or, you know, another minority and you're like, wow, okay, so I got to clean up this mess. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. you know, um, so it's really nice to have a space where you don't have to do that. <laughs> Hell yeah. A breath, a breath of fresh air, as they say. I, I think it started to hit me. I was hosting a show many years ago and some dude told this awful misogynistic joke and I had to go as the host, give it up for so-and-so no. and his white male privilege. <laughs> Great job, everybody. Yes, you know, and, and the audience doesn't want to hear no. it. And, and oftentimes, how many times, I'm sure this has happened to you, it's like you do a show and people come up to you at the end and they're like, you, first of all, I loved your set and you were the best and I'm so sick of these dudes talking about their dicks and the, you know, their wife cut her hair short. So now she's a lesbian, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I've literally had, um, you know, like even in sketch comp, like it, that's why it's so important to have representation in writer's rooms and representation on stage because I've literally, I remember I used to have a sketch when I was performing a sketch at the pit. I had a sketch that was um, about female birth control and we personified all the birth control. <laughs> and I literally had a young white 20 something man after the show come up to me and he was like, wow, that sketch was so funny. Oh my God. Oh my God. And he's like, that's not real though. Right. <laughs> and I, yeah. No, 
all of those are real kinds of birth control. Like I didn't make them up. Like he didn't, like he didn't believe that like- He was just marveling at your creativity. (laughs) Right, right, right. Like part of the sketch was a story that really happened to me where I almost um, sucked out my IUD while taking out my diva cup. Uh, Ah, oh my God, oh my God. And if you, if that sentence really confuses you, I need, I need an audience <laughs> to Google it. Yeah. I need them to. Yeah, the audience it. will have to do the work. Yeah. It's real. It's real. Yeah. Um, Cause you know what? If yeah. I need to know what a jock strap is, then they can learn. They can right. learn. Fair. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, um, you know, so it's, it's wonderful to be able to share our perspective and Rachel and I both really connect, you know, we both have very sex positive material. We both have, you know, feminist material. Um, and yeah, we have people come up to us after the shows all the time that are like, that happened to me. That's wow. I can't believe there's someone else that like that shares that experience. And it's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> but you have to have women on shows and you have to have marginalized mm-hmm. people on shows in order for for the because our audiences are diverse. Right. The yeah. audience is diverse. So in order to speak to that diverse audience, you need a diverse lineup. Like this not it's not brain surgery. Like no. it's, it's fairly simple. It's fairly simple. It's as simple as the jokes that they're trying to tell that are not funny. And when right. they're like, oh I don't know any female comics or I don't know any black comics, I'm like, you're not looking. Mm-mm. What? That's insane. Open your open your eyeballs. Literally, like walk You're down St. Mark's. If they're all, everybody's <laughs> there. The gang's all here. <laughs> so, so yeah. So to answer your question, you know, we've been doing the um. We just oh, I guess we'll be celebrating a year tonight for our show. It's our one. Oh year. my gosh! Oh, Happy birthday! So uh, we wanted to, about six months ago, we were like, you know, some of our feedback from our audience is that they, they, a lot of our audience knows us like personally as friends and through comedy and whatever. And, you know, a lot of the feedback often was we never get to see you together because we'll rotate hosting and headlining. So we're never really on stage together. And if you know us, you know, we have like really great banter and our conversations are absurd and we have a lot of really interesting friends from like all walks of life because we are we're both in in all different weird communities aside from comedy mm-hmm. so we're like let's talk to those people and let's and then let's broaden that audience so people outside of new york can listen to us and so our audience can see us together genius yeah i love it i i, I love it i'm so <laughs> glad that we're connecting and you know, getting a chance to just, you know, chat and hang and talk about something that I think is very on theme with everything. And that today, like for our less civil, civical listeners, today's uh, topic is the history of pride parades, which I'm very Ah, excited about. We love the pride. I'm so excited. This is Lizzie's idea. And I was like, much like our episode last week that was on RFK's assassination. I was like, Oh, hell yes. Oh, hell yes. Thank you. We really span the gambit of topics. To do. There's, there's not Love a pride that. icon like the RFK assassination. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, today we thought we would focus on this, which I'm very excited about. I'm curious for both of you, what's I, either your first pride parade experience, if you've been, or like the most memorable pride parade experience, mm. if you've been, or like pride month celebration memory in general. Yeah. Ooh. Not to put you on the spot. Do you, I could go first if that's helpful. Yeah, because I, I do go. have a very profound one. Um, so uh, this yeah. happened. Gosh, let's call it eight years ago, give or take. I can't do simple math. Um, I was. I had been seeing this young man, and I woke up in his apartment, and we had been seeing each other for a few months, and like. Hadn't like we weren't, I would say, boyfriend, girlfriend, but we were seeing each other and we had like been friends for a long time before. This is important to the story, I promise. So I wake (laughs) up, he goes to take a shower, I'm on his laptop, and I'm literally watching. Ooh, it was it was 2016, because I was watching the women's gymnastic trials for the Olympics. Obviously. 
Obviously. Obviously. And this is, I should also say, this is the day of Pride, the day of the Pride Parade. Um, and I'm watching, I'm watching it. And this young man, God bless him, had his phone text messages on like connected to his laptop. So they would pop up and a message popped up from some, some, uh, a young woman. And it was something like, I still feel so good after last night or whatever. And I was like, cause I'm not a ah. Snoopy snooper. But I saw that pop up like next to Simone Biles' face. And I was like, I'm going to investigate this further. I click on it. And it's like this whole, like they have been like, they had definitely uh, met up and slept together. And then they had been like sexting up and like the whole for like a week and a half. And I was just, I was immediately, like, in denial. Because, again, this is a person who I had a long friendship with. Like, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And he's still in the shower. And I'm having to, like, I screenshot it and I sent it to myself, thank God, because I'm a detective. And so he comes out of the shower (laughs) and I go, have you been with anybody since we've been together? Just like that. And he immediately says, did you go through my text messages? And I was like, no. And we have this back and forth. He assures me, like, assures me that he's not been with anybody. And then I'm like, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe they have, like, banter. No. And we have, like, right. And so we immediately, like, gut check. You are correct. I am correct. You have to trust your gut. Everybody, you have to trust your gut always. Also, like, trust, like, what you've seen with Also trust what you could call exactly. hard evidence is, is also what you right. could trust. Exactly. You could trust. Uh-huh. And he wouldn't have asked you if you looked at his text messages if he wasn't guilty. Correct. But right. I was young. I was exactly. naive. It was hot. I wasn't thinking clearly. I was in a small apartment in Williamsburg watching women's gymnastics. I was caught flat-footed, you could say. Who among us? Who, I mean, Who among God us? help. God help me. So anyways, we had to leave the apartment because he had to go to work and I was I was on my way to the pride parade and we're on the L train together in the middle of summer during pride and we're just sitting in silence and I'm just like stewing I'm like this is this is real this is real it's happening it's real I we say goodbye which is by the way the last time I have seen this person since this Uh happened I get to the pride parade I'm with my two friends and I just start breaking down into tears because I'm like I think I'm being cheated on <laughs> it like hit me oh. and there's like like you know the, the 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 noise and the loud and there's and everybody's naked in some capacity and I'm just sitting there like crying and then I end up sending him a picture of the screenshot and I and I, I like when I tell you I tear into this human over text message it's one of my best work so it does have a happy ending in which case I did I think castrate him verbally uh, as a you. result of lying to me and being deceitful. Um, so what? that's my, that's like, and I've been to the Pride Parade many times since and have had lovely, less like sort of impactful times, <laughs> but it all centered around this day. And I know that's not like a necessarily a Pride oh, focused story, you know, but it's profound to me. It's you a know, background. It's happening. If I may. Listen. You may. And I wish. What? What a um, poignant juxtaposition between queer love and straight Correct. love. Correct. Correct. You're on this train. Everyone's probably got rainbow flags yep. and they're in their booty shorts and their pasties and there's glitter everywhere. And we're happy and we're excited and we're celebrating. And then you're dealing with a straight a man. A straight man. A, um, a not, no, a straight boy. Which is worse, <laughs> a straight boy, boy. a, a tw- like a like early twenties, the worst. Fuck boy, like 2000. truly the the age in which serial killers and and mm-hmm. and mass shooters, they're all in this bracket of young. And I think we need to look at that. And, and somebody, uh, somebody I investigate the correlation. Someone, please look at this. <laughs> um. And just the the entitlement. Yeah. The entitlement yeah. is just of like, I get to be with both these women and not cons- get consent from either of them Correct. that we be. Like, listen, like Rachel knows, I mean, we're all about like 
you know, we talk openly about, you know, non-monogamy and polygamy and all those things, but the key word in all of those things is consent. Mm -hmm. consent. Correct. And communication. Um, I mean, really. The you know? C squared, yeah. if you will. The if royal will. C's. I'm begging. Love some alliteration. I'm begging. <laughs> oh, wow. So yes, that is wow. my pride story. Anybody have a funner one? No, that makes me think of girl. You know what it is. Oh, I know, I know. Well, makes, I me think of, makes me think of the Portland incident. Ugh. Oh yes, yes, a, a similar tale. Uh, a similar I mean, we all, every like most women have. This isn't an uncommon story. No. Is the th I mean, I, I hope not everybody was having that bad of a time at that pride parade as I was. <laughs> I'm sure they were not. <laughs> I, well, I hope I was the only represent representative that day <laughs> there. Of sad face. No, I mean, were, you, were you able to enjoy the festivities? I did for a while. And then I like really, once I it like clicked in my head, then I just had to like, I was out for blood. Do you know what I mean? Then I was mad. Mm. I just okay. find that like, just that image, like, forgive me, I find that so funny of, like, this woman who's, like, raging at oh, the Pride Parade. Oh, it's hysterical. Like, that's so awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ludicrous. <laughs> She's like, get me the drinks, I'm going to cry. I know. Like, waving a flag. I know, on like, Carmine like, Street, just like, <laughs> oh, my God, somebody get me a shot. <laughs> yep. It's just, like, crying, and there's just Yeah, rainbow, and there's, like, thongs like, everywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh. Somebody make out with me right now. <laughs> It's kind of the best place to be for those kinds of moments. I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, what better place to be? I do have a fun yes. pride story, Please. which I guess is my first pride parade. And I, I must mention, I am but a humble guest. I am not queer by identity, but um, certainly consider myself an ally and a, and a guest of the community. Um, but my... My bestie, uh, Evan, who I uh, did sketch comedy with for years, I think this was, I want to say it was 2012 because we were rehearsing and producing our show and we were like hardcore in, like we had bookings and we were, so we were like full in production mode and we were going to his office on 23rd street to rehearse and we're walking and it's Sunday of pride. And Evan um, had, I think I can say this had recently come out mm -hmm. and um, he's out. So <laughs> um, not like I'm outing. Can you imagine? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Outing him. By the way. <laughs> yeah. No, but he had recently come out like fully and um, we're like walking into his office and it's Sunday of pride and we're seeing people like head across 23rd street to like get to fifth Avenue and head downtown. And there's, you know, rainbows and blah, blah, blah. And we were both just like, I think we got to skip rehearsal today. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and we just like, Canceled and he was plans. like, oh my God, really? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I had, and I had never been to the parade, um, which is crazy that I had never been to the parade. Um, and yeah, and it was sort of this impromptu thing, but it ended up being like me, having the privilege of being with my, I'll get emotional, of like being with my best friend when he like just came out and it was like his first like public celebration of like who he was. Mm. And I was so honored to be there. And then we we got like vodka from the liquor store and put it in Dunkin' Donut iced tea. <laughs> as, you, as God intended. Yes. And Tears was, in her eyes. Like I have this picture of like me in a rainbow hat and him with a flag and we just look so happy. Aww. And it was like, I was so honored to be there and like be able to celebrate that with him. And, um, and it was just like, it was such like an impromptu decision and it, it ended up being like such a special, special memory for me. So there was that. That's amazing. Oh, that's lovely. I love yeah. that. I love that. What a beautiful, Aww. beautiful story. Uh, yeah. To my very downing aunt. I, like my hope is that we were at the same pride parade and you were having this <laughs> oh beautiful experience with your friend and I was crying on Carmine Street. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it was, 
it was 2012 and I uh, want to say that I mean you guys would know better than me but politically like we were I think there was like things happening with gay marriage and like mm -hmm. um and I just remember at one point like I a woman on the street painted um on my back like with like face paint like I think it said like equality or something it's really i have a picture of it somewhere it's so cool um but yeah it was it was super super fun and um yeah Amazing. yeah i love it that's my story yeah. rachel do you have a pride story that you want to share Ooh. no pressure I mean, to be honest they're all a little blurry because <laughs> as, and as they, they should be, be. Uh, doing good work really Fun and may have all involved a lot of alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the Pride Parade has always been super fun, super jubilant, and and gay. Very gay, gay. like mm -hmm. gay, gay in in the gay sense and gay in the happy sense. Happy you sense. know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I've always just loved the village like since I was a kid and, and almost didn't know why I loved it so much. But I remember like this affinity for Christopher Street and that whole <laughs> area, even going back to a child before I even was like aware of my queerness, mm. you know, and it all kind of like makes sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess like the Halloween parade in New York was like my original pride sure. parade in my mind. Ah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. You know, it, it, it still is very celebratory and it is very gay and it is very New York. And oh, like, I always dress super slutty and like make out with women and men and non-binary people and whoever just wants to get near me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I kind of, they kind of merged together in my mind and, it, and Pride is always interesting because my birthday is June 27th which is often pride yeah. because it's always the last Saturday of the month. So yeah, yeah it, it kind of happened to me before I realized what was happening, I guess is the way to say it. I remember like going clubbing on my birthday with my fake ID at like 19 and being like, why are there rainbows everywhere? <laughs> What's all this about? <laughs> you know? um, so I guess I don't have one in particular. Um there were a couple of times that like I got sucked into the parade itself and like got to mm. actively be part of it. Oh, that's and that fun. was always great to that's just fun. like dance and you hop on a float and next thing you're getting drunk and you're ending up at a club somewhere and <laughs> you're flashing the cops. And you're like, and, oh my God. It's <laughs> a normal day in New Yeah, York it's a normal city. day. It's, it's a, a normal, normal weekend. I love it. Yeah. I love um, it. I, I will bring it back around because the pride the pride that I am thinking about that was most memorable for me is 2016. Oh my God. What a, okay. And it's going to sound boring until I get to the punchline, but bear with me. Um, and I know it was 2016 because I, it was when I was doing an internship at Kirsten Gillibrand's office. And oh, huge. Yes. Yeah. And um, they, like she was in town because it was the, the election before Hillary. And so Hillary, I think, marched and a bunch of people. Anyway, so Chuck Schumer was marching and Gillibrand marched and they like asked everybody from the office if they wanted to march. And I was like, sure. So we got to march. Um, I brought some friends and they all like the the office bought like big flag, big, big um, like pride flags just to wave around. And but they were it was funny because they were really serious about it. And they had numbered all of the bottom of the flags, like one through 30, because it's federal government property. And they were like, y'all can't make off with the flags. Like we paid with the, for these with federal dollars. We need them to come back. And I was like, fuck that shit. Um, so anyway, so we marched and we're like, my friends and I are marching. We're marching along and like taking pictures with the senators and whatever. And it was fun. And then at the end, like, you know, you get to the end of that parade, especially if you've marched in it, you get to the end and it's fucking hot. You cannot get to a margarita fast enough, but yeah. like every place is bumper to bumper, ah. like tits to ass packed. There's ah. no going anywhere. And I'm just, 
yeah, I'm like, I gotta, we gotta hoof it. Like, let's go to Chelsea. So we hoofed it to Chelsea and we got halfway there. And I realized that like, I had like a bunch of pride flags in my hand that I had just walked off with and neglected to give them back. So the punchline is that I stole federal property. Taxpayer but I think dollars. It's fine. Uh-huh. I think it's fine because I like there's one in my house right now. My goddaughter, who now identifies as queer, has one that I gave to her back then. So like, you know what? I don't care. Come arrest me. They were probably like <laughs> two bucks. <laughs> so while you were crying on Carmine Street, I was thieving. You were you were committing a, a federal crime. How how mm-hmm. how like you? That is petty, I know. Theft. petty, petty theft, petty theft petty of federal theft. property. <laughs> you know, and if you ever run for office, you best you betcha I'm gonna leak this story to the press. Oh, oh, please, yes, and, and hopefully the story I... that I voluntarily told all of the world. Please leak it. I'll leak please it. Please leak it. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it will literally fly her free. Right. <laughs> See this flag? Stolen. 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 <laughs> We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, okay, so let's, now that we've all uh, told our happy and not-so-happy stories about Pride Parades, let's get into actual, like, notes and research for our listeners who didn't do not live in New York City or live in places where these parades are common or, you know, as big of a production as it is in the city. So we have some history on the, the you know, yeah. where the parade comes from. Um, specifically, this is geared towards New York because it was really one of the, you know, originators of this whole movement. Although now they are parades all over the They're everywhere, world, which is, which is so great. Amazing. So before we jump into notes, Arden, do you want to talk about the sources for today? Okay, okay. So our sources for today are the Library of Congress. Okay. Gay, we adore. <laughs> National Geographic. Gayer. Okay. <laughs> Actually, surprisingly, Na- National Geographic had some of the best info. And I was oh. like, that's so surprising. And good for National Geographic. All Hell right, yeah. cool. Allies. Allies. Oh, yeah. Thank mm-hmm. God. The mountains oh, yeah. are with us. <laughs> um, some info from an article by Erica W. Smith from Refinery29. And a little bit from a CNN article by Ayana Archie and Brandon Griggs. Amazing. Okay, let's jump into the notes. So let's talk about where Pride came from. So a lot of this, a lot of us may know this, but for those of you who don't, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer Pride Month is currently celebrated each year on the month of June to honor the 1969 Stonewall Uprising in Manhattan. So I'm sure those, us on this call know about the Stonewall Uprising. If you are ever mm-hmm. in New York, go to the West Village. You can literally go to Stonewall. It's still there. There's, it's so good. There's the, like, statues outside of Stonewall that are, that are really... There's statues. There's plaques. Go in, get a drink. Get a You'll drink. get drunk just walking in from the smell of alcohol. It's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a smaller venue. So be, you know, don't, don't be surprised yeah. if it's packed because it's always packed. Yeah. The Stonewall Uprising was a tipping point for the gay liberation movement in the United States. 
In the United States, the last Sunday in June was initially celebrated as Gay Pride Day, but the actual day was flexible, which that's like the most government thing. It's like, we're going to we're going to do it on this day. Maybe here's a here's a here's a range. (laughs) The range in which we're going to do this. Now we've gotten a little bit more specific. In major cities across the nation, the day soon grew to encompass a month-long series of events. Today, celebrations include pride parades, picnics, parties, workshops, symposia. What is symposia? I don't know, but I left it in so you could say it. <laughs> sort of a gathering Thank you. where people give speeches and explanations. Like a is yeah. it intellectual base? Yes, it's very intellectual. Like I'm hosting a symposia on. The Jean Benet Ramsey murder. The Jean Benet Ramsey murder. Yes. Okay. Like a gathering of lectures and, and, and mind melting. Ah, and... capital, capital. <laughs> Love it. Um, where was I? Uh, symposiums and concerts and the LGBTQ Pride Month events attract millions of participants around the world. Memorials are also often held this month for members of the community who have been lost to hate crimes or HIV AIDS. The purpose of the commemorative month is to recognize the impact that the LGBTQ community have had on history locally, nationally, and internationally. Do you see how I can't read? Wasn't that fun? You did it. You got it. So all that to say, big month to honor the Mm -hmm. LGBTQA plus community. Yeah. So Arden, do you want to talk about specifically the parade? Let's talk about the parade. So where did the parade come from? Like Lizzie said, until 1969, the thought of a large group of LGBTQIA people celebrating their sexual orientation in public was unthinkable because for centuries, homosexuality had been stigmatized, criminalized, and persecuted. Coming out came with threats of violence and social ostracism. So yeah, at first it was just about like, hi, we're people too. Truly. And we have the right to be who we are. We're people too. And I think it's why like Kirsten, you know, you were sharing your story about your friend Evan and like why those moments are so mm-hmm. like they hit home because this isn't far off history. Like this is, this is no. like the seventies basically that we were still, and even, I mean, in today it's not, it's not as though there are safe spaces everywhere. Even New York isn't necessarily a safe space for the queer community. So yeah. Um, it's, it's a real, it's a real thing. But all that changed. Well, I wouldn't say like changed over time. It gradually changed in the (laughs) aftermath of the Stonewall uprisings. It was not an overnight sensation when a group of young LGBTQIA people rioted in response to a police raid of the Stonewall Inn in the wake of the, the riots, thousands of people took to the street to demand their civil rights. Now known as the first Pride Parades, the gay liberation marches that took place in New York and other U.S. cities in 1970 were raucous celebrations of identity and a provocative peak at the decade of activism to follow. So they were angry, rightly so. Yeah, I mean, it's always said that like wanted to take space. The first parade was a protest, not a parade, Mm -hmm. you know? I think yeah. that's really important to highlight that like we, it, it is what it is now, which is like a beautiful drunken like gorgeous celebration but absolutely did not start that way at all like most things like that you know the invasion of the pines is like that too Mm -hmm. i don't know if you're familiar with that Mm. um you know where the the drag queens were not allowed service uh in the pines and they went back and got all their friends and invaded (laughs) the pines and now we have a yearly party but it did not start that way yeah yeah i think it's interesting like you know how they always say history repeats itself um so notoriously uh the mob owned gay spaces yeah uh, mm. i mean the reasons for that you know we could say that maybe that was because they saw it as a uh, a great income stream to like tap into and a community that they could make money on and turn a blind eye. And then they were also in cahoots with the NYPD and raids and, you know, um, 
making sure that that things happened on paper every once in a while to be like, oh, we're we're actually we're we're not um, condoning this, you know. Um, and I don't, I don't know a lot of like the historical specifics of that, but um, I think it's interesting that now, you know, with pride, you know, there's so many like companies, you know, corporate companies that, you know, participate in the pride parade now. Like, I think there's been a lot of backlash with that, with corporate companies participating and having like the Chase Bank float. And it's like, go fuck It's yourself. like, absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> And then when and then when you really look into it, and there's and not speaking of Chase specifically, but when you really look into these companies that put rainbows on their websites and like mm-hmm. release like a limited edition rainbow lip balm, like fuck off. And then you look into it and the parent companies are actually giving money to anti-gay mm-hmm. legislation. Yeah. So I think it's funny, you know, that that historical parallel of like of positions of power, people of power, um, com- companies in power wanting to um, wanting to profit off this community, but not actually supporting this community. So, just want to put that out there. <laughs> it is it's yeah. absolutely valid point. I'm also glad you brought up the stuff about the mob because I I had heard I don't. I don't think we touch on it in here, but I had heard that the mob owned um, the spaces. And I think it is a really like interesting part of the whole dynamic. I don't think it was ultimately um, to serve the gay community that they were owning the spaces. No, exactly. <laughs> I like exactly. it was money. The, the only thing money. I yeah. want is for the mob to be gay. You know what I mean? Like if we found out that the mob was actually just like, <laughs> like pull back the veil these were a bunch of just gay dudes who got their hands in in unions and god knows what else well i mean they spent a lot of time in jail together come on. you know i you never mean, know you never know i'm actually weirdly enough lizzie i um am writing a tv show about that <laughs> about gay mobs yes oh my god yes. obsessed you have a viewer i will be i am in the audience already <laughs> Thank you. Yes, with my lovely friend uh, Christine Pinheiro, that is um, that is one of the uh, storylines. Hell yeah! So, well, listen. I mean, you know, gay people have have existed forever, forever and mm-hmm. ever. Gay people, trans people, queer people have existed forever, and you know, this isn't new. What is what is newer is the acceptance and um, visibility and. Uh, them being able to be themselves in public spaces. Yeah, because even before uh, before Stonewall, and then in the year in the years after, when we had the the parade um, celebrating, you know, honoring what happened at Stonewall, and then celebrating Pride, there were um, organizations that came before that that were trying to elevate LGBTQ people and and may organize them and make their presence known. So to turn back to the notes, in, in 1965, for example, members of the Eastern Regional Conference of, this is such an old word, and it kind of skeeves me to say it, homophile? My God. <laughs> Which is, yes, it's the Eastern Regional Conference of Homophile Organizations. And I, I, it's an old very old word it was a group of gay people so i feel like they named themselves what they wanted to be called what was called what they were called for the time but i literally had never seen that word before and i was like i don't know that i'm allowed to say that word yeah it sounds like one of those words that's like a myth you know these like myth words that you're like i've i've i know i've heard of this in some distant land but i've never seen it on paper in front of me yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna put homophile in my Instagram do it. description. <laughs> do it. Because if yeah, anything describes me, it's homophile. Homophile. It's a homophile. Exactly. Well, I consider myself a francophile. It is the. Ex- it's the kind of same thing. I love it. Different. I mean, different content. Same idea. So the Eastern Regional Conference of Homophile Organizations, known as ERCO, began picketing each year on July 4th outside Philadelphia's Independence Hall. 
And I love, I love, they're just like, they're like, we're here. And just mm-hmm. quietly picketing. The events which they called the annual reminders, also huh. a name I love. Yeah. Mm. Focused on obtaining basic citizenship rights and were subdued by design. Fearing violence, organizers enacted a strict professional dress code and encouraged marching in an orderly picket line to put a non-threatening face forward. Interesting. And I, I, know. Would, I would say that, you know, Stonewall was the exact opposite of of this. Totally. Like, I feel like before Stonewall, I mean, the, like, this is what it was. People in suits and nice dresses who were like, we want rights. We want rights. And then Stonewall happened and people were like, we want fucking rights. Right. And, you know, there's there's a million ways to do things, you know, and I suppose um, I understand both positions you know what I mean? Um, both ways of doing things. Um, I don't know. It just reminds me of like a sort of, uh, oh, there's a term for it. And I bet one of you knows what it is, but it's like, um, it's not identity politics, but it's like making yourself, we talk a lot about it um, with the Black Lives Matter Matters, Black Lives Matter movement um, about like making it palatable. Mm like for white mm. people, like making it like, like identity politics of like, oh, if you have to like be in a suit and wear your hair a certain way right. in order to be listened to. And it's like, well, that's not, that's sort of, <laughs> that's sort of the point is that like, no, right. I want to, I don't need to do those things in order to be heard. I can be myself because everyone else can be themselves and be heard, you know, yeah. instead of putting on this facade but I but I get you know where that probably came from and it was probably uh, effective to some degree you know I mean it also is coming at the time of I mean it's the 60s it's also like the time of civil rights when you've got like you know the Martin Luther King way of doing things and the Malcolm X way of doing things and this is very Martin Luther King in a way you know um and so it's and and you know, there's discussions about, or you people can have discussions about what's more effective and what's what gets more done in a shorter amount of time or gets you to your goal sooner or whatever. But I think just also for me, keeping in mind that like, this was still a time when, I mean, there's violence now during protests and stuff like that. And being a group, you know, a, a minority group that, you know, that didn't want to get hurt, you know, that, they yeah, didn't want absolutely. to have violence perpetrated on them is, um, you know, I completely understand it because I'm sure they were also like watching what was going on in the civil rights movement thinking like, oh, you know, how is that? Like, is it helpful? Should we be doing that? Should we be doing something else? It's hard. It's harder to hit somebody in a suit, maybe, as opposed to, I don't know, did they have pasties uh, maybe, then? Maybe, you know, I mean... We're at an, I mean, it's an interesting juncture right now in politics with LGBTQI plus rights and, you know, with the don't say gay bills and like the trans bills in Texas and, you know, having this month, of course, to express our support and um, to be visible is really important. But also, I mean, we've seen this with so many political movements that Mm -hmm there is power in numbers. And in those numbers, we are able to uh, bring light to what's happening. I mean, just last year, actually last year, um, you know, last summer was the midst of, of, of the Black Lives Matter um, marches and uh, protests and which I was very much a part of and, and coincidentally a part of with my, we had like our protest pod kind <laughs> of, and my protest pod was my gay friends. And we ended up going on Pride Parade Day, we ended up going to a Black Lives Matter march. And we marched and it was hot. It was like mm-hmm. 98 degrees. Like we were covered in sunscreen, like, and, and we were there for a while and we were, we were all like, one of us is gonna pass out. <laughs> and so after a couple hours, I think we got to Soho and we were like, okay, let's, let's, go home and hydrate and you know 
and we left and shortly thereafter there was a clash with the police with that with that march so you know i mean this is not i'm not this isn't like news like it ain't over like we got a long we got a long way to go we're very blessed to live in this blue bastion of new york state but um we had a lot to march for you know and it's funny because even like to your point like yes we're in the blue bastion but even it's not safe you know like no yeah exactly exactly there's still clashes with police in uh you know um in a in a gay pride march slash black lives matter protest you know like it was yeah i love it and i don't at the same time yeah Yeah. i love the discussion no it's yeah i think it's important it's like you know because i think about like oh let's talk about the history of the pride parades but you really have to honor this part of it because yes now it is fun now it's like fun and debauchery and beautiful and celebratory but at, at a huge cost a huge yeah. cost and well yeah. you know yeah and i don't remember who originally said this but you know joy is also resistance mm. that's mm-hmm. lovely i haven't heard that yeah yeah you know being and that's that's the part of pride that that gets me yeah like being joyful and and celebrating and being self-expressed safe, yeah. self-expressed and safe for even yeah. a moment for an hour for a day like like that is resistance and you know and similarly i mean not the same but similarly um a good friend of mine liuba uh came to see me at a stand-up show and i was one of only two women on the lineup and it was I mean, there was homophobia. Oh. There was like misogyny. Like it was just like your worst nightmare. Gangs all here. It was, you know, blocks from Times Square. It was just horrific. And mm. she came to the show, and uh, she said, "Your your presence is resistance. Mm. Your mere presence. It doesn't even matter if you do well, but your presence is a form of resistance." and you simply being visible you know and i i think that's true i think that's true um and that's you know why we need more queer visibility as well in in every area agreed agreed no okay back to our history um, Give it to us. Here's more history. So we left off where we had the homophile, uh, the homophile group of of the, the button protesting up, in their suits, protesting in their suits. They uh, would at an event called the annual reminders, um, which I really love. Annual reminders. That's really yeah, singing so to good. Me. so um, so proper. So proper. I know. It's so iCal. It is. <laughs> Annual reminder. Very iCal. <laughs> so Craig Rodwell, who was an activist who had helped organize the annual reminders, was one of the participants in the Stonewall riots at an ERCO conference in the late in late 1969. He proposed that the Philadelphia demonstrations morph into something new to be more relevant, to reach a greater number of people, and encompass the ideas and ideals of the larger stru- struggle in which we were engaged um and that like you know the struggle of basically getting fundamental human rights the homophile organization agreed and they resolved to hold a march in new york each year in june to commemorate the stonewall uprising and encouraged other groups around the country to gather on the same day it's like let's get in sync you are joy fatone i am justin timberlake let's go bye 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 hello (laughs) (laughs) that was perfect Mm, thank you thank you so much i love shout out to nsync i mean mean, shout out to lance shout out to lance who has been doing the work for decades before we knew he was doing the work before we were always like you remember when it was like he's he's gay (laughs) 
And then you look no, back and you're like, of course he's gay. Of course he was gay. <laughs> like, poor Lance Bass having to, like, come out officially. I feel like he just should have been like, guys. Guys, but, have you seen my decade of work? Please. I mean, good gosh. Look at that hair. Good gosh. Shout out to Lance. This this episode's for you. <laughs> episode's for you, Lance Bass. Mm-hmm. So in New York, this event, this march that they resolved to hold every year, would be called the, the Christopher Street Liberation Day in honor of the Stonewall Inn's Greenwich Village location. Unlike the annual reminders, the march would have no dress code, hello, and its participants would focus less on politeness than pride. Hell yeah. They're like, yes. ditch the suits. Get the thongs. <laughs> We're going out. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a quote uh, from a 1970s article about the upcoming march uh, in the Gay Liberation Front News. The quote is, the homosexual who wants to live a life of self-fulfillment in our current society has all the cards stack against them. Gay liberation is for the homosexual who refuses to accept such a condition. Gay liberation is for the homosexual who stands up and fights back. So that was written in 1970 about what the mission of this like new march was. This more like organized yearly event. So then after the parade was planned, they still needed to do a lot of work to hammer out the details because... A parade just doesn't happen. You have to tell people where to meet you. You got to buy the booze, order the pasties. After disagreeing about who would lead the parade, organizers decided that a, a member from each group would have one representative at the front of the march. And after much debate, they settled on a chant that went, quote, say it clear, say it loud. Gay is good. Gay is proud. Hey. It's simple. It's simple and so effective. It has to rhyme. It's got to rhyme. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I've heard that one. No, I think we should resurrect it. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah. Say it clear. Say it loud. Gay is good. Gay is proud. Mm Yes. Yes. Amazing. Activists. L. Craig Shoemaker was the one who suggested the word pride rather than gay power. So there was some debate about like what the feeling should be called, what the potential movement should be called, what they were trying to, uh, what's dis- the brand? What essence they were trying to distill. What is the brand? Oh. It's pride, not gay power. Okay. <laughs> they decided in a 2015 interview with the podcast, The Illusionist. Craig explained, quote, there's very little chance for people in the world to have power. People did not have power then. Even now, we only have some. But anyone can have pride in themselves. And that would make them happier as people and produce the movement likely to produce change. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that. That like, you might not always have power, but you can have pride. Mm. I love that. Yeah. That feels very, like joy as protest you know like how we were talking about joy as protest feels very in that realm so when the day of the parade came around five thousand people joined the parade the first parade which was five times more than the organizers had expected and it was a a huge success yeah because people love the gays gays are fun they're they're fun there's also and i realize that we haven't given enough moment or credit to Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, uh, mm-hmm. who were the leaders in the Stonewall riots. And so I just want to give space to them. Yeah. We did a Marsha P. Johnson mm-hmm. episode this time last year. Um, and I think that their influence, especially during the Stonewall riots and thereafter, also hugely important to the, the movement that we have today. It would it would yeah. feel, I would be remiss if we did not give them yes. the space Absolutely. that they yes. deserve in this yeah, moment. Absolutely. Yes. Um, the incredible importance of trans women of color yeah. in the movement and in the parade. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like we're finally, 
that's finally becoming like mainstream knowledge. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, I didn't like a few years ago, didn't really know. Yeah. Didn't really. Know. Yeah. So. I'm well, and I also feel like just re- like, it's also recent that, that they added, you know, like uh, trans representation into the flag itself. Which is crazy. Which right? is what, like, that's, that's a very like, what last five years, maybe adjustment that's been made. So. Yeah. Yep, definitely holding space for them. And then finally, let's just just quickly talk on today. I mean, we obviously started this episode about our own personal anecdotes that uh, sort of spanned the gamut of experiences. But today, the Pride Parade as the whole, um, this is some information about it. So every year, more and more cities joined New York. Uh, and as time went by, the parade became more celebratory, incorporating floats and music. So what we have today was accumulation of many years of becoming more and more comfortable with, uh, like, like acceptance, I would say. You know, like, to, to have the parade we have now would not have been acceptable in the 70s, which is crazy considering what the 70s were for the heteros <laughs> of America. Um, love their free love, but... It was not for everybody um, Mm -hmm. at that time. In 1974, Los Angeles became the first to add a festival component. The pride flag designed by Gilbert Baker first flew in San Francisco in 1978. So San Francisco, also a huge hub, which we love. This year, organizers anticipate that over 3 million people will attend World Pride events in New York an exponentially larger number than the first 5,000 that we had. I better not be working. <laughs> Let me look at my calendar. <laughs> I better not be working for this shit. No, it should be on the weekend. <laughs> it should be on the weekend. I'm doing like a pride show upstate. So I'll be and doing pride things just in a different place. That's yeah. totally fine. Pride can be that's wherever so you though. are. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's like such an interesting thing that's happened politically in so many ways with the pandemic is that, you know, so many people financially had to move out of big states and back to their home states and often red states. And not only are they bringing their art and their expression and culture from those cities to their home states, but bringing their political views and their visibility. and, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people that through the pandemic went to their home states and started pride in their like hometown That's of like, my hometown doesn't have pride. I'm going to do it. And I just want to give a shout out to the bravery and um, chutzpah of those people to, to do that. You know, that's, that's what we need. That's what we need. Absolutely. I think wherever you are, if you want to have pride, all you need is you and let your flag fly. Yeah, you know, and that and that's, you know, there are still a lot of unsafe places, mm-hmm. not only in the United States, but in the world to to be proud and to have pride. So I don't want to, um, you know, uh, diminish that reality. Like that's certainly a reality, you know, so... Power in numbers. Power in numbers. Power in numbers, you guys. It's, I'm glad it's here. And and obviously there's so much more to go and to be done. But those are the end, that's the end of our notes. So I think it's just good to end on like this hopeful space that we've landed in, which is like honoring what's happened Mm. and continuing Mm -hmm. to push not only others but also ourselves you know like holding like having having pride experiencing pride in who you are even if you're not gay like just being proud of who you are like it's pride is associated with you know being gay but and who you and you know being who you can love whomever you love but i think just in general like having pride in yourself and who you are is kind of a fundamental thing to being a happy whole human yes um, and restoring our self-worth so that we know what we deserve you know yeah societies and what rights we should have and knowing that we're we're worth that 
and we have yeah. a human a human right yeah work love whoever you want to love i just really can't suggest to stay away from early 20s straight white males i really if you gotta do it you gotta do it but i i have to implore i've done it and i just i want to i want to protect and serve i want to protect and serve i've done it too and do not recommend do not recommend recommend. yeah um absolutely But yeah, but I just want to thank you both for joining us today and lending your voices to us and to this space and to this topic. Where can our listeners find all the yummy details about the Boss Bitch Podcast? Well, on Instagram, we are Boss Bitch Show. Mm. Very easy to find. That's kind of our central hub. Um, We are the Boss Bitch Show on Facebook. Facebook, but we had to take out the eye because they were a little prude over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. And okay, yeah, so Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, the Boss Bitch show can be found, you know, anywhere you, uh, the, the podcast, uh, you can be found where anywhere you stream music, Spotify, Apple, all the things, all the hubs, all the doodads. Um, I am the one Rachel Green and she's Kizzy Co. And yeah, um, find us, come hang out. And our show, our live show is the second Thursday of every month, the Boss Bitch Show. Yeah, so yeah, so fun. And July 14th will be our podcast launch party. Yeah. So we will be having our show at the Comedy Shop at eight o'clock July 14th. Um, And then we will be having our launch party because the episodes will launch that day. Hell yeah. so fun. Everybody subscribe. You can subscribe to the Boss Bitch podcast today, right now. Do it. Stop whatever you're doing. Pull over the car and subscribe. And if you like what you heard, you can find us over here at Let's Get Civical at Let's Get Civical on Twitter and Instagram. Um, As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to us and to Boss Bitch Podcast. We love you guys so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Thank you, Kirsten and Rachel. Thank Thank you you for coming on. So fun.